Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Yes Mother, a podcast covering the A&E series Bates Motel. Today we are going to be doing our season two wrap up and little what we've been watching and we are also going to be doing our contest. So I'm Sue. And I'm in. Psycho killer. Because yes, yeah. please excuse us if we forgot something <laughs> super important that we absolutely love. <laughs> yep. So, all right then. So let's. Uh, Want to start with what we've been watching then? Yeah. Cam and I we went camping over Memorial Weekend, mm-hmm. and we always like to bring some DVDs, and so we watched. One of our favorite westerns. It's called Open Range. It's with um, Robert Duvall and Kevin Costner and mm-hmm. Annette Benning. And gosh, I don't think I've ever heard of that. That I can remember. Probably not. It didn't. I don't. It. It. I don't think it did that well. I don't think a lot of people watched it. But it is like one of mine and Cam's favorite westerns. I love those little gems. You just kind of feel like they're all yours. I know. That's how I feel. And everyone that we've like loaned it to or loved it. Um, like I remember mentioning it to dad and then kind of forgetting about it. And then like a week or so later, I just get this text from dad, open range, best shootout ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, there's an ending, of course, you know, big, shootout in the middle of a town mm-hmm. and it is one of the best choreographed realistic shootouts ever it's fantastic um robert duvall is i love him so much yeah and he's so cute and his name is like blue bonnet but he just everyone just calls him boss but um and you know Kevin Costner. I'm not a huge Kevin Costner fan, but he's actually pretty good in this too. So, Open Range. If you like westerns, give this one a try. It's it's seriously probably in my top five. It's up there to me with like Three Ten to Yuma and. Not- <laughs> this all reminds me of when you you told Dad to watch Three Ten to Yuma. And you get a text or whatever it says. Just finished Three Ten to Yuma. Yummy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Our dad's the best. Yep. <laughs> and I kind of got my love for westerns from him. So yeah. I, I think I'm the only kid out of the seven that kind of picked up on the western thing. Yeah, maybe Dave. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. If anyone else did, it would be Dave. Yep. Um. So yeah, watch that. It's a good, good little gem. Um, and then while we were out camping, I put in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I Is that the newest one? It is. It is. I I really 
enjoyed it quite a bit. I like that movie a lot. And the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is coming out, I think, this summer. Um, so it's kind of been on my mind. And so when I saw that, when I was grabbing DVDs, I was like, I want to watch this. And it was funny because I watched it. I woke up at like, you know, when you're camping, you just, you wake up extra early. And, yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, and Bunny had to go out and pee and stuff. So I got up and Cam was still sound asleep and I was just wide awake and it was like 5.30ish. So mm -hmm. I put in the Planet of the Apes and it's about a two, two and a half hour movie. So by the time I was done watching it, everyone else was kind of getting up and we were starting to do breakfast and stuff. And I'm outside in the mountains and all I could do was like, look up, I was just looking for apes. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't help myself from like looking up in the trees and like, are there apes in there? <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm a big Planet of the Apes fan. I, those movies when I was a kid were some of my favorite movies. You know, I like them too. And I saw the first one that came out years ago and I didn't see the others, but they're movies I would watch. I just haven't. So you're talking of the original, like the late sixties ones. Yeah. I've seen at least yeah. one of those. I don't think I've seen, I didn't know there were lots. Are there lots? I think there's four. Wow. Yeah. There's one that's really bad. It, it, they're like the apes are in Manhattan and I, I, I think I've only seen it once or twice and I, I think they're in like St. Patrick's Cathedral and there's like aliens or they're worshipping I don't know it's terrible <laughs> but the others are decent and but yeah I'm looking forward to the dawn of the planet of the apes but one of the funny you know who Doug Benson is do you ever listen to Doug Loves Movies I have I haven't for years but yes I know who he is he does a lot of the, I used to watch a lot of those VH1, like, 90s and 80s throwbacks. And um, I think he did The Best Week Ever. I used to love that show. Oh, yeah. He does, I know him as one of those personalities. As one of those personalities. Right, right. He's a pretty funny guy. But he, because, um, you know, the movie is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And I remember listening to his Doug Love movies when, right around when this movie came out because he always talks about what's out and what he's currently seeing because he, he loves movies. And he said something like, I just have a problem with movies that have of the twice in the title. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any others? <laughs> it's just, amazing. <laughs> just made me laugh. Just one of those stupid things that just made me laugh so hard. So then when I saw the title of the new one, I'm like, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> Um, so yeah, watch that. Um, and then recently Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime has like added a whole bunch of really good stuff hmm. in the last couple of weeks. They added a bunch of HBO series like The Wire and, really? yep, and they added Deadwood. Oh, wow. And I had seen the first two or three episodes of Deadwood and then... Cam and I got home from camping. We got home at around noon or so on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And we just went up for Friday night and Saturday night. And we were both just exhausted. And we both had Monday off too. And we we're like, we'll clean out the camper tomorrow. You know, yeah. <laughs> we were just so tired. And so we just kind of 
veg in the living room and I started putting in Deadwood and we ended up watching the whole from like episode three or four on we watched we watched the entire first season and Cam got really into it he he's like these are each like one hour western movies I mean it's really (laughs) well done it's it's really it's a good show I really like it And but that's just kind of a given. I know Deadwood is considered one of the best, so I'm not telling anyone anything new. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then the only other thing was I watched the finale of uh, Mr. Selfridge. Mm, Me too. Cried three different times at the end. (laughs) Oh, did you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Spoilers for Mr. Selfridge. Yeah. Season two finale and up. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't think I cried, but, no, yeah, it's kind of sad. The whole Rose thing, that's really upsetting. Yeah, I knew, I had looked up Harry Selfridge's life a while ago, just out of curiosity for a few things, wondering if it was historically accurate. Right. Found out she died. Yeah, I, one night after it ended on PBS, they did like a little 20 minute documentary thing on Selfridge. And that was like one of the first things they said. And I was like, spoiler. (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see how much she's in like next season or if they're going to drag that out or skip a few more years and she's already gone. I don't know. But I don't know. What do you think of uh, Henri and Agnes at the end? Oh, I couldn't be happier. Me Although either. I can't die. I know. That's the... <laughs> I would be so mad if they did that. <laughs> I would be so mad because it it made so much sense now why they've been making Fat Thomas likable. Yes. Because it just, none of it was computed in my head. I'm like, okay, they're making it likable and they're making Henri unlikable. But we just, their their chemistry, I thought maybe it's just the actor's fault that they don't have good chemistry. But they didn't put them together in a way where people are like, oh, they're so cute together, ever. Right, right. And they made us like Agnes a lot to where we want that for her. Right, exactly. And so I just was confused and I thought, you know, maybe they're going to go real realistic because marriages like her and Fat Thomas were going to be, I mean probably happen more often than these big sweepy romances. You know oh, what I mean? Sure, Especially sure. back then. Well, it's like even Agnes herself says to that, you know, journalist, she's like, all I've ever wanted was, you know, a family and a husband and a home. And that's what he's going to give me. Cause you know, the journalist is like, you're willing to give up your career. Right. You're, you're good. You know? And she's like, I don't think women necessarily thought that way back then. No. Like, oh, I, I, I could just do this instead. You know? Or she could, you know, Mr. Selfridge told her that she could be married and work in that store. I mean, that's how crazy it is. They couldn't even, married women didn't even work in stores. I know. He even <laughs> he even put it in a way like, I would like bend the rules and let you come back or something. Like it was a law or something. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know if it was law as much as just totally just not done. Just not done. Right. The custom so. was you got married, you stop working. And, you know, I can just, it just, I was trying to work it out because I didn't see it coming. I didn't. And so I was 
Oh, it was great. Although I thought something's got to happen. I didn't in a see way it. I saw it coming just because of the fact that I'm like they are just. It'll be so disappointing if she marries this guy. Not that he's a bad guy. No, he's not a bad guy. You just you want Henri more. Yeah. And yeah, because I it totally took me by surprise because I seriously thought Henri's gonna go to war. Agnes is going to marry Fat Thomas and not be unhappy, but but there's I, something missing in her eyes. She and would be, I think she would be content, but still missing exactly. You know, yeah. Like she didn't marry the love of her life, but she married a nice enough yeah. guy. Yeah, and you know? she's she'll be okay. Right, right, and you know, and someone with her upbringing stuff probably doesn't think she deserves to you know to marry. The love of her life, she, right? You know, you know what I mean. Well, yeah, and the thought of just a nice, secure home has got to just be heaven for her. You know? Exactly, exactly. So, but no, I, I love the way they did it, and I really loved Fat Thomas's speech to her when he kind of broke it off with her. I thought that was very sweet and heartfelt. And yes, and that is why they had him be likable at the end there the last half of the season yeah because that it just made it that's that was the first time i shed a tear <laughs> yeah that was pretty that was pretty sad because you know it was very realistic i it thought was. Too. It, it was very valiant of him it was it was because, I mean, she is, like, the star. She's the one that they wrote that article about. And, yeah. You know, he he's sacrificing a lot. Uh-huh. He'll find, you know, someone that might do well in the restaurant business. Like that cousin lady. <laughs> yeah, whoever that was. His sister, cousin, girl. <laughs> Couldn't have been sister. No <laughs> idea who that was. <laughs> that was all weird. It was. <laughs> Glad she's gone. <laughs> but she can come back now if she wants. <laughs> yes. So. So yeah, that's it for me that I can think of that I've been watching. And looking right. forward, looking forward to season three of Suffrage, whenever that's going to start next year sometime. Yeah. Everything's ending. I know. I ended that, and I ended Supernatural, which ended in quite a interesting way. Now, was this next, just a season ending or a series ending? It was a season ending, but next year's going to be the end. The end end? I don't think that's 100% confirmed, but it's pretty well accepted. It's like season 10. Yeah, I was going to say, that's been on a long time. It's been on a long time, and it's, you know, it, not to get spoilery, but people have died and come back, and, you know, <laughs> a show called Supernatural, some things like that have happened, and it's That's like they've true. done it all, I feel like. But this last thing that they came up with is new, mm -hmm. and it, it just all seems to be accumulating to the end end and it'll be interesting to see it's a pretty tragic story all around so it'll be interesting oh okay to see how tragic they go or you know. 
Yeah, suddenly I'm noticing lots of recommendations for that show. I, I think I just probably heard him before and just kind of brushed him off uh, uh-huh. until you told me that I, you know, and so it's kind of been on my radar more. And now, you know, I'll listen to podcasts and they talk about Supernet. And I was like, oh, yeah, these guys like it too, huh? Yeah, so, don't let the CW I'm not going to. turn you off. Yeah. It's it's it like I think I've told you before. It's definitely the CW's shining jewel, right? Where they pour the money and the acting into it, right? So I'll give it a try. That it's just ten seasons. Just that's kind of intimidating. Oh, absolutely. And it's you know you're just starting a seven season intimidation of Buffy. <laughs> exactly. I know it's like <laughs> and five seasons Angel. <laughs> Going through my my calendar, I'll be starting that in 2017. <laughs> no big rush. Uh... Yeah. But anyway, and there's a few pretty bad seasons in the middle. But basically, the showrunner had, I think it's seasons one through four, planned out in a package of this storyline, and didn't really expect to go on. He kind of had that in his head and then they picked it up for more. And so he kind of had to come up with more stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I don't know. I, I haven't been really down on much of it, but some people really hate a few seasons in the middle there. And I was just kind of like me, but I wasn't watching it. Yeah, It's different when you streamline it and watch it in two weeks than when you're like, oh, I'm so excited. It's been all summer and Supernatural's going to start. And then you're watching it for seven months and you're like, eh, you know. Right. <laughs> very different than just plowing through it in a week and a half or two weeks and then being like, meh. <laughs> right. Gotcha. I think there's just less expectation and less, uh, I don't know, less no. people there. Yeah. No, I agree. Um... I watched, a, I think it's a documentary, it was, have you heard of the movie called That Guy Who Was In That Thing? Yeah, I've seen that, The about the um, character, character actors. actors. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. watched that one night while I was doing other stuff, and I enjoyed that. It's just about character actors and kind of what kind of a life that is, where they're kind of struggling actors, but people recognize them. Right, and... Yeah, the title comes from people stopping him on the sidewalk and say, hey, you're that guy that was in that thing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or they think they're somebody else or they think they know them in real life. They, like, don't even recognize them as an actor because they're so familiar to him. They're like, where do I know you? You know, like. Right. Are you, like, my cousin's roommate? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good, because you do. You recognize all of them. Yeah. Well, I also, I watched, remember we talked about the documentary on the making, well, getting Firefly made called Done the Impossible? Yeah. I watched that. Like, that night, I was like, no, I'll just watch that now. And it was really cool. It has, like, almost every single member of Firefly in it. Oh, really? Yeah, that they talked to. It was obviously, a lot of it was filmed at, like, some sort of Comic-Con. Oh, okay. And it talks, I don't know, it's just, it's amazing. That show had a huge, huge, not, I guess not too huge, (laughs) just a very big 
online presence while it was going on with people just trying to save it and just panicking that it was going to go away and you know just interesting that fandom is an interesting thing and it is what network was that aired on fox Oh, was it? Yes, everybody badmouths Fox, I'm pretty sure, because <laughs> of it. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, it was really yeah. neat here, because I am one of those that just had no idea. Didn't even hear about it until it was gone. And Right. You know, it's just an interesting story. You kind of pull for them and made you just sad all over again that man you just I wonder now if it would be given a better chance at this point I feel I don't know or would have been able to come back better with a some sort of like Veronica Mars movie thing although Veronica Mars just got a movie but you just wonder if another network would have it's just interesting that no network picked it up it is kind of interesting because it it was a good show. It was well written, well acted, well done. It was interesting. It was funny. It I don't know. It it was a strong show. It it is kind of weird, you know, when you see like a show like that go down, and what Two and a Half Men is on its what eleven season or something. Yeah, well, that kind of thing just makes show, me sad for humanity. It is such a piece of crap. It's I mean, amazing. Oh, it's so bad. It makes me so angry. <laughs> I've never watched five minutes of it, truth be told. Uh, Cam and I gave the first season or so a chance, and Cam, someone syndicated it, and once in a while we'd watch it, and then finally, after maybe seeing... 10 episodes or so we were both like this is horrible <laughs> why are we watching this <laughs> yeah. but it, it remains one of the you know it just so popular for so Somehow, long it's like I, what is going on with humanity i i think when it comes to like those 30 minute sitcoms i i think like big bang theory is number one and that's number two or vice versa and how i met your mother was clever and good yeah and very I, I think rating wise, I think Two and a Half Men beat out How I Met Your Mother. Huh. I think it's, and then when John Cryer got the Emmy last year, I think it was. He got an Emmy. He did. He won the Emmy for Best Comedic Actor, and even he was up there on stage going, "Why am I standing here?" Because he was up against some great, you know, I can't remember who, but much better than him. <laughs> Because <laughs> his character in that show, he's almost like a cartoon. He's so bad. Huh. He's so awful. And it's so sad because he's Ducky. Oh, I know. We say you this know? with a lot of love for Ducky. Ducky Don't get us wrong. <laughs> is probably my favorite 80s movie character. I think I, he's my favorite 80s movie character. Also. I love Ducky. I mean, Pretty in Pink came out, I think I was either 13 or 14. And it I remember mom taking me and all my friends to the theater to see it for like my birthday or something. And Ducky, we just fell in love with Ducky. (laughs) 
and now he's it just makes me sad he's horrible i'm glad i haven't seen it Ugh. yeah it's i mean this is a age old anyway, debate it's, for... yeah it's just weird that <laughs> a show like firefly gets canceled and this piece of crap gets 10 seasons or more and just you think i think of mind. all of joss whedon's other series and the first seasons are not their best ever they're mm-hmm. never even close to the best. So it makes you sad <laughs> thinking if that's the same with Firefly, how amazing seasons two through right. six could have been. That's true, because this was a pretty strong first season, too. It, it was. It was pretty good. Have you ever seen, is it Dollhouse? Isn't that one of his? I have not. I think that's a Joss Whedon show. It is, for sure. And... A character on Buffy is the main character who I like and dislike. We can get into that another time. Is it Eliza Dushku? Yeah. She's on Buffy? Mm-hmm. Oh. Huh. Did, like you know she, did you know she grew up Mormon? Huh. Mitt Romney was her bishop <laughs> in Boston. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> I heard her. She was on... Because she's in... Um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, one of Kevin Smith's movies. Uh-huh. And he had her on one of his podcasts and interviewed her, and they talked about it. And and it was during the election. And she's like, yeah, Mitt Romney was my bishop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, that was funny. So, um, anywho. Do you like her or not? Um, I... I've really only seen her in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And then I saw her on, she was on one of the Talking Dead with Chris Hardwick. Oh. And I saw that. So, sure. I mean, yeah, I like her. Sure. I mean, I just don't have enough to really gauge an opinion one way or the other. I try not to instantly. If I instantly judge, it's instant hate. Yeah. If it's I easy. do that, though, I'm pretty good at swallowing it and taking it back. Absolutely. Yes. Because I do still, even if I'm like, okay, I really hate this character or I really hate this actor, I still give them the benefit of the doubt and let them win me over. Mm-hmm. And so. Hey, just wondering. <laughs> but I usually don't instantly love someone, but I'll usually instantly hate someone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I instantly love some people. So I, yeah, maybe once in a while, but I try not to, because then when you do, you like you know this is going to turn out to be the jerk, and then you're going to hate him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So True. I'll have to think about that more often. So I would say on Elijah Dushku, I'm perfectly neutral. Hmm. You know, I think I'm less willing, if I instantly love someone, I'm less willing to change my opinion, and I really cling on to it. <laughs> See, and, and then you find yourself, like, defending, and you're like, yes. I'm just defending you because of my first thought, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I, what I try to avoid. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, I'll be interested when we get to the Elijah Dushku times. But no, I haven't seen Dollhouse, and... I'm. I will someday. Yeah, I. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Mm-hmm. 
But all right. So anyway, um, um, well, just the last thing was I finished up Old Man Man. Ah, uh, and it's too good to go away for so long. <laughs> <laughs> now, are they doing? A, they're doing a full year away. They're not starting it till next year, or are they doing like a fall? Oh no, full year. Wow. Seven amazing episodes. <laughs> Seven. That's not very many. No, it's not. <laughs> not to take a full hiatus like that. And you know, it's such a it's such an interesting show and it's so intricate. And we've we're so invested and interested in every single character and what they're going to do and you get surprised so much and you know you often see stuff coming and the fan base can be like okay this is going to happen and then this is going to happen this just does simply isn't the case in Mad Men everyone's always like whoa you know it uh-huh. it's so great and Oh, they just ended it beautifully and weirdly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's too bad that they're making you wait so long. <laughs> so sad. After such a little tease. Yeah. Because seven isn't a lot. I mean. And, and you know, to- had I known, I would have not watched Mad Men at all. And then watch the end. Because you know how I was like, I'm going to watch it so I can watch the last season with everybody. Yank. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, I I get this sad little teaser and I'm so into it and so invested. Oh, no. And so now I have a year and it's like, that was the cheapest piece of crap in the world. (laughs) Now you're angry. No, that sucks. I mean, I don't... I mean, at least, like, Walking Dead did eight shows, eight episodes, but only made you wait, like, two months for the next date. Yeah. So, it was, And like, even Breaking Bad, wasn't it, like, a spring and then a fall thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it sucks, but they're not making you wait, like, a whole year. Uh, what I hear is that it's the network, and this is the same network that did Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead. True. And I hear it's the network. It's not Matthew Weiner. Is he the creator? Yeah. Hmm. That man. I can't wait to see what he does next. Is this his first show? Hmm. That's a good question. Interesting. Well, you have something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But now you have to get into something in between. And, you know, we've joked that it's, like, good that I have Buffy, you know? <laughs> right, right. That we're doing this rewatch. And, but you are correct. It's no, no joke. <laughs> I am really glad that I've got this to distract me. This will oh, be good. fun. And good. I've been watching. That's another, you know, something for another time. But I've been watching some Buffy and taking notes. And it's been fun. And it's been distracting. Oh, cool. 
And, you know, John Hamm just starred in his first movie, and it'll be fun to see him hopefully become a leading man. I think he has it in him. He's definitely got the chops. He... I think he's going to go... I think he's going to do well for himself. <laughs> he definitely will, and I I can't... Because he seems... Can't wait to see what he does next, too. He's got a great sense of humor. And I know, you know, I haven't seen Mad Men, but from what I understand, he is just fantastic. And it's just, like, he can... He's pretty versatile, it sounds like. Yeah, he's versatile. He's handsome enough. He... Yeah, and he's got the good looks. And and I think that is just the right combo to have to really, you know... Yeah, people, I'm excited for him. Yeah, you want directors to want to work with you. You don't want to be one of those difficult actors that is such a pain. You know, you hear the stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's... I mean, you should. It's really sad, but you should hear Kevin Smith talk about um, Bruce Willis, who Kevin Smith just has been in love with Bruce Willis since Moonlighting, you know, and cast him in one of his movies and now just absolutely hates the man. (laughs) And he says it's so sad because here's, I was so excited. It was my dream to work with this guy. And he was in Kevin's movie called Cop Out and just the stories, I just, what, what a dick. <laughs> yeah, I... He sounds like such a horrible person. Hmm. Like, just a diva, you know. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Okay, I knew Weiner had done something else and he did The Sopranos, <laughs> so yes. Oh, well, there's another show. <laughs> 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 I guess he did that, too. Oh, yeah. Have you watched that? No. Maybe that's what you should do. Maybe I should. So Everyone's hoping for a non-soprano. See, that's one thing I know the ending. Because it talked about so much. But everyone's yeah. hoping for a Mad Men, a less soprano-like ending. I doubt he'd do that twice. Oh, yeah, I think. <laughs> I don't think you will. No. Nope. So... All right, well. Well, that's, that's it. So. Let's go back to White Pine Bay. Yeah. White Pine White Bay. Pine Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did get a couple of comment cards. Yep. So we'll go, these, go through these quickly. We got one about three weeks ago from a new, well, it's a new comment card person uh, that goes by Catalyst Knopf. Well, it could be a real name. Maybe she's from another country. But anyway. It's, I like the name. <laughs> it's a great name. And Catalyst writes in and says, let me open it. Open. Okay. Says, uh, hello. I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for taking the time to do the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Can't wait for the next season. I just wanted to comment on something that caught my attention last episode. You mentioned the money Norman used to help Bradley leave town and where it came from. From my perspective, it seemed like the money came from Dylan. When Norman first finds the money, he doesn't know where it is. He enters the room and looks around until he finds it. He must know his brother has cash from his job, not exactly the kind of money you can deposit in a bank. That was just my interpretation of the scene, and I know you're both a little bit frustrated that they didn't address it further. So Catalyst theory is that that wad of cash 
just Dylan. Like he stole it from Dylan, do you think? Or just he looked around the house till he finally found a lot of cash. I mean, I guess it. I guess it could be. Because I know that Dylan does make a lot of money in this job. Right. I. I really think there would have been a scene. I think we would have known for sure that it came from Dylan. Yeah. First off, I want to thank you for coming up with a theory for us. Yes, that actually got you a room in the hotel. Yes, it did. (laughs) You sent us a comic card and came up with a new theory that we hadn't come up with. And second off, Catalyst, if they never mention the money, I will accept your explanation and just let it go. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But until then, I find it unsatisfactory for me. I do too. If that's the explanation, which it could be. And yeah, I'm going to use your secondary. I'm going to use it as my secondary in case they never do it. And I can just, you know, we need to say, well, the money came from Dylan. We just, that all happened (laughs) off camera. (laughs) End of story. Thank you. And good night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And I feel like next season, just bringing that money up would be like, I just feel like the Blair Watson stuff was closed. I do, too. And it had to obvious to me, it obviously came from that night. Unless we get, and this is a dream, we get some big Eric story bomb. Right. That includes this money, and that's kind of something that builds next season. Although, you know, it just seems like things are just going in a different direction now. But that could be a little side plot. And if so, that'll be great. Because then we'll get the Eric, we'll get the money. Right. Because they've got to be tied to me, in my mind. Same. It it really, especially, you know, just going back to, like, what I was saying before when we that when we saw that episode where Norman finds the money in his room, you know, Gil Gil said three or four times that Jerry, Bradley's dad, had had cost him a hundred thousand dollars and that lot of cash looked like a, that could easily be a hundred thousand dollars and I really I I kinda think Gil was meaning actual money, not product. Hmm. Like, I don't know. So I kind of I think the money is somehow tied to Miss Watson too, but who knows? It's a good theory, Catalyst. I like it, but I don't know. I think they will have to bring Eric into the next season because if Dylan's going to be the head, there's going to have to yes. be another head because now Nick's dead. Yes, and why would they have teased that the way they did? Yeah, exactly. So clear back to season one, right? If they um, pull it off, then that's genius writing. If exactly. they don't and never mention it again, it's sloppy. Sloppy, yep. So they've got two choices. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You've got two choices. You're either huge geniuses or you're super sloppy. Yep. Come next season. But, but yep, thanks for the email, Catalyst. Yes, and... thank you very much. We um we have checked you into room number seven. Alrighty. Well, so, we hope to hear from you again. Yeah, yeah. 
right in again with more theories next season. Or listen along this summer. We're going to be putting out some more stuff. Yeah, we should have some good fun this summer. I think so. All right. So do you want to read Harold's? Yeah, I'm just right now going through the Buffy stuff. He kind of splits it up. There's a Yeah, he does. Okay. Based motel section. I can't believe we are already at the end of the season. I want to thank Sue and M for their hospitality and fun podcast. During the past 10 weeks, I have received some really bad news, and your podcast was something that put a smile on my face during a tough time. May you always be giggly. Aw, sorry, Harold. Yeah. We, uh, Hope everything's okay. Yeah. We wish you good luck there and hope everything's turning out all right and glad we could put a smile on your face. Yeah, totally. Here are my five things about season two. One, my pick for best new character is Cody. There were too many characters this season who came across as being merely plot devices designed to get our main characters from point A to point B. Cody, on the other hand, was a fully developed character. You got a sense of what her life was like before she met Norman and what it would be like after she left White Pine Bay. My favorite scene with her was the swimming hole. When it began, she was the cool leader of the pack who egged Emma into taking a plunge into the river. By the end of the scene, she was reduced to a scared little mouse after Norman erupted at her. You didn't realize it by then. If you didn't realize it by then, you knew from that scene that her tough girl attitude was an act and she was actually a girl who had spent her life being terrorized and bullied. You know, thank you for making me appreciate Cody a little more. Yeah, that's a great way to sum her up because... They really did develop her really great. They really did for like a non-main character who was only in a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah, nice way to... Put her into perspective. In in a few ways, she's a little more developed than Emma. If you think about it. Yeah, kind of. You know, you just don't get a lot of Emma's inner things she's been through. She's obviously been through a lot. She's lost her mom. She's got cystic fibrosis. I don't know. She clings to the base family like they're her own family, even though she seems to have a great dad. Which we did not see at all this yeah. season. Not yeah. even a glimpse of him this season. Why is she from England and the actor's from England and she doesn't have an accent? What's the story there? <laughs> <laughs> That's very odd. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. All right. Okay. Uh, two, my favorite badass scene was Dylan standing in the middle of the street facing off against the guys who were trying to assassinate Zane. Even if I don't understand what happened to the police, and even though I would have preferred that Dylan had just shoved Dane in front of the gangster's car, this was cool on a Clint Eastwood level. Totally. It was so Dirty (laughs) Harry. It was such a Dirty Harry move. That was one of the first things that popped in my mind the first time I saw that scene. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a good scene. But I wish he would have shoved Zane in front of the car, too. Me, too. We all wish that. Okay, three, my favorite unexpected moment was when Norma sang Maybe This Time. She sang it beautifully. It was a perfect song and the story of her life. Sorry, Norma, this wasn't the time for you once again. And it's never going to be. It's so sad. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Um, Best Norma freakout. Number four. 
There was stiff competition in this category. Norma in the police station while Norman was being interrogated. Norma on the stairs telling Norman she won't ever talk about this blackouts, his blackouts anymore. Norma telling George that his life isn't real. But my winner is Norma at the council meeting. Not just calling Lee Berman a dick, but also telling the book banning mothers what goes on in the real world. Yeah, that was a fantastic Norma. She did have a lot. Those are all really good Norma times. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will hold off talking a lot about all your stuff just because we've got our own lists. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, absolutely. That was a possibly foreshadowing, but that was probably my favorite. That was definitely my favorite Norma Freakout. Mm-hmm. Number five, best psycho moment. When Norman confronts Caleb in his hotel room as Norma and pulls out the kitchen knife. Hopefully Norman will work on his stabbing skills in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> Work on his stabbing skills. <laughs> he gets them down pretty good by the time Marion rolls up. <laughs> he, he's got it down by then, yep. Hops in your room. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great psycho moment, though, when he pulls that knife out. Yeah, I'm excited Caleb. to rewatch. I don't know if I'm going to rewatch. I might rewatch twice, maybe this summer sometime, and then. Right before next season starts. Rewatch season two? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I probably will too. Yep. And he says, I wish there was a Romero or an Emma moment on this list, but they didn't get enough screen time this year. Maybe next year Norman can taxidermy them both and they can stay in this room forever. (laughs) (laughs) Your guest in room one, Harold. Uh, Well, thanks, Harold. And I agree with the Kind of a lack of Romero and Emma this season, but... I feel pretty satisfied with Romero. I could always use more Romero. I could use more Romero always, especially since he moved into the Bates Motel. Oh, man, that's great. But Emma, yeah, she was unserved. You can see through the arc of the season why she was underserved. Right. But that doesn't help very much. No, no, I feel like they could have done more with her this season, but maybe next season. So. He ends up by your guest in room one, Harold. Thanks, Harold, as always. Yep. I like how you broke your list down in categories. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a good top five. And you might hear some of your stuff in our lists. Who knows? Yes, perhaps. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and then our last one is from Carrie. And she says, Hi, Sue M. and the Yes Mother podcast gang. I hope I get this email in on time. You did. <laughs> uh, it's weird to think season two is already over. Wow, time flies. One minute you're sewing up a sophisticated animal, and the next minute you're in a box remembering killing your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> So much happened this season. It's hard to narrow it down to five. Here it goes. Number five, Norma's audition. This was one of about 100 top-notch Norma moments. So much feeling put into that song and how she held her purse the entire time. It was just too perfect. That's true. She did sit there and hold her. She was so nervous. 
I know. I, I noticed, too. I really loved how she clutched yeah. onto her purse. Yeah. And I kind of liked how it seems like she kind of expected Norma and Norman was going to follow her down on the That's stage. That's right. She seemed kind of surprised that she was there by herself. Yeah. Um, number four, Norman, Norma with Caleb. <laughs> or Norman slash Norma with Caleb. Norman's kind of first transformation to Norma. I think he did it the I think he did this in season one after Bradley rejected him, but he was talking to himself. This time he spoke as Norma to Caleb. It was absolutely creepy, and Caleb must still be saying, What the bip? <laughs> <laughs> I bet he is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but that is a good point. I remember thinking last season how that moment it seemed like he kind of channeled his mom a lot. Yeah, and we've talked. I think we brought it up, but we people brought it have brought up a it couple up times, yeah. Too that he sounded like her, but I haven't gone back to the th- thoughts about that since he actually did turn into her in front of Caleb, and so that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I just think it kind of shows like how it's just kind of slowly happening to him because yeah, he was definitely channeling Norman Norma after leaving Bradley's. Mm-hmm. But then this time, but Carrie's right. He was like talking to himself. Right. But then this time when he's with Caleb, he's like full blown Norma talking to Caleb as Norma. Yeah. It's very interesting. I love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Her number three is uh, the Mr. Sandman. Norman and Norma singing the song was outstanding. Vera Farmiga was just cute as hell when she batted her eyes and did the low voice part of the song saying, yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's not to love about that? I, yes, that is a great scene. That was one I can watch over and over and over again. Just that little scene. All right, Carrie's number two is, you knew it was going to be on my list, the almost motorboating scene from the episode The Plunge. (laughs) (laughs) It was too close for comfort, and I'm thinking it's only going to get worse next season. Yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to see where that aspect of their relationship goes in season three. Um, Scene's over. Okay. Yes. Um, I I am less inclined to think it's going to go further now at the end of this season than I was at the end of last season for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what that part of their relationship is going to be. I think I understand Norma a lot better. Norma's side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, hers is... It's, I see, I see her side of it a lot more innocent than I did at the end of season one. Right. I think Freddy's is ramped up. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. So, sorry, not Freddy, Norman. So that'll be interesting. There could be a very interesting, icky scene next year. <laughs> yes. Where he crosses a line and she's very surprised. I know. I was going to say, by icky, you don't mean sexy. (laughs) (laughs) And cuddly. (laughs) No, I think more like, Um, I think he crosses a line and she freaks out. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Hmm. 
Okay. Um, I, I know. I'm, let's just talk about season three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Carrie's number one is uh, any scene with Zane in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> she says, I'm still so glad we don't have to see him or 90210 next season. Maybe their bad acting is why she told Dylan, don't take this personally. Was she really talking to all the viewers? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, she's not very good. She says, my real number one is the lie detector test scene with Norma showing up in Norman's mind. It was amazing. I'm hoping next season we get to see more scenes of Norman conjuring up the Norma side of his mind. I think we can definitely we will. Yeah. If the writers are really having these characters end up like the movie, can you imagine how sad it's going to be when Norma actually dies? Of course, Freddie Highmore's acting will knock it out of the park. Can't wait to see where all this ends up. Yeah, you know, we touched on this, I think, in the finale, that it's becoming very real. Mm-hmm. And Norma is so real to us now that it is going to be so awful and tragic and sad to watch. It is. It is. And I wonder if if they're actually going to put that in the series, I, they probably will. Oh, they have to. If they don't, I mean, it's going to be tough, but wow. Yeah, it is. It's going it's, to be amazing. It's amazing how much they've gotten us to just love Norma, where in the movie, you just never even thought about her as what she was like when she was alive, because you just heard her. She was a crappy old lady. Crabby old lady constantly, you know, getting after Norman and yelling at him about dirty girls and stuff, you know, so you're right. just like, ew, you know. She was just kind of caricature old lady. Right. One Let's... of those that you could see just one day just stabbing to death. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. So, Not that yeah. he stabs her to death, he poisons her, but, right, know, just a snap you you could see an adult son just snapping one day. One of my coworkers did it a couple years ago. Okay. Stabbed his mom. Thanks. I sat right next to him for like a year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, did he kill her? Yes. Wow. He is now in prison. Hmm. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Did he live with her? Yes. Yeah. And he was kind of a weird guy, but I don't know. He and I had like a weird relationship. I was like one of the only people he didn't hate. <laughs> and now I'm really glad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's nothing like watching the news and going, oh, I know that guy. Wait, that's Johnny. <laughs> They like watch the mugshot. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's happened two or three times <laughs> to me. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so. I pictured her more a uh, throw mama from the train kind of exactly yeah relationship and yes. mother, <laughs> which it could. I don't. I don't see her getting that harpy. Although judging from the first, I don't know. She's kind of harpy. She is, and you know, the first she, impressions we had of her in the first season, absolutely, yeah, was I this mean, lady. She hated Bradley from 
the second Bradley knocked on the door and invited Norman to go study, you know. Bradley, yes, that was lame. Was like, but... What kind of girl comes to your door the day after, you know. Right. The Cody stuff, though, seemed. Um, well. You were more on her side. Because, yeah, because Cody was one of those, like, annoying, smart aleck teenagers who has no respect for adults. I mean. Right. I don't blame Norma for being the way she was with Right, Bradley. you don't blame her for that. For Cody, but Bradley, she, you know, she had no reason to be that hateful towards her so quickly, you know. Right. Well, I think they really orchestrated the unveiling of Norma very intricately in season one. Mm-hmm. They wanted you to think that she was a certain way, and through the episodes you started changing your opinion of her and understanding her more. And now we feel like we really understand her. Right. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's very exciting to see how they're going to play all this. I'm not looking forward to it, but looking forward to it. Oh yeah. I'm so in. Yep. And grab the tissue box. Yep. Day in the future. (laughs) Ooh, we'll have to do what we did for Lost and get a hotel room and watch the final together. Oh, we totally do. That'd be fun. Yes. Um, okay, so that was Carrie's top five, but then she has some honorable mentions. Um, her honorable mentions are Norma's You're a Dick speech. It was a great way to start the season. Uh, Norman yelling out mother when he hit the cold water <laughs> at the swimming hole. <laughs> it was such a subtle thing to throw in, and it worked. I just laughed and laughed. Same. That was hilarious. Same. Uh, Cupcake Boy, I wish he was here in Kansas with me, but no, he's probably selling weed with Rauf. <laughs> it's okay, though, because I got my eye on Romero now. <laughs> hey, not a bad choice, Carrie. I think we need to have a shirtless Romero scene in season three. Hmm. Not a bad idea. No. Not. And I don't know. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll see Romero and Norma getting closer. Who knows? Uh, she says, yeah, I'm, I'm shipping them a little more. <laughs> I'm not as against it. I still like the dynamic they currently have and don't want to see that to change. Oh, absolutely. But and I'm I, not as I, against it as I used to be. I'm but. not either, but I'm still, I'm pulling for my unrequited love. That's I stand true. by that. But if they have, if they ask the fans to vote yes or no, I would vote no. But we'll see. Um, And she says, what I want most from season three, who the bip is Eric. Yes, I agree. (laughs) They better get into this or else I'm writing a letter. (laughs) Genius or sloppy. (laughs) (laughs) Your reputation's writing on this Eric guy (laughs) and the money. And she says, and I stand by my prediction that Norman did not kill Blair Watson. I believe there is more to it that he still has not remembered. Interesting. That is interesting. I don't know how many people still feel that way. I'm willing to think that way if if they can do it right. You know, I mean, right now I'm pretty sure it was Norman, but I... I agree with Carrie. There could still be more as Norman's memory becomes more focused, maybe. Maybe there was someone else. Didn't you know? he slash her throat in the memory, though? 
do you think he's doing some sort of like self-flagellation? Like maybe creating horrible things? Maybe. You know, his his mind is it's not a healthy place. It's not a healthy place. It's pretty screwed up. So who knows? Maybe maybe that was more of a weird fantasy. I don't know. I don't know. But I still Remember I when he imagined her tied up? Exactly. So I think there is room. I don't know if they're going to do it or not. I think they're going to leave it. But if anyone can pull it off, I think these writers can. I agree. So I'm with you, Carrie. I think I think there could still be room that someone else killed her. But right There's now, room. But I I'm think a, he did it. <laughs> I'm about ninety percent sure it was Norman. Maybe even ninety-five. Uh, she says, well, there's my list of five, but there were so many more moments of greatness. Can't wait to hear everyone else's list. Take care, Carrie. Uh, P.S. In part two of your finale podcast, you were talking about how Norman's morning and ride to the lie detector seemed dreamlike. I wanted to thank you for sharing what you both did. I completely knew what you were saying. It was so heartfelt and sincere, and I just wanted to say how much I respect that. Bless you both and your families. Well, thanks, Carrie. That's Carrie. On Facebook, we got a similar kind of feedback from Harold. Yeah. About our opening up, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're... Just happened. Yep. It, yeah, we weren't planning on it happening. It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> and we left it in. Why not? Yeah. Doesn't hurt to kind of get to know your hosts here and there, little things about them. Yeah. Instead of us, you know, voices in your head. We're people. (laughs) We're people, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So. And that scene was very. uh, It was, I don't know, it was, it inspired that. It was very. cool it, it was it was, it was so, amazing what they did with it it was I very thought. realistic it was yeah yeah instead of them arguing or you know norma trying to coach him on what to say it was just that well, dreaded was, ride to that your dreaded room. ride yep to i'm gonna get some really bad news right now you know but so yeah well thanks carrie thanks for the the feedback and comment cards and and we're sorry that the last episode where we gave you this deadline um, a lot of people may not have had time or room to do this so yeah we tried to time it to where you would have had a few days or a week even or even a week but and I honestly I could have gotten it um edited and sent in faster than I did, but uh, we had a um, ear infections with our youngest and oh yeah, kind of threw half a week into like a thing where doing things like editing didn't necessarily happen, so it kind of threw me off. <laughs> no, that's okay, but yeah, it, it could have gone up sooner, but that Certainly wasn't your fault, or yeah, it was just 
something that happened. Yep. So, but. Well, should we get into our list? Yes. Do you want to start with your top number five? Yep. My number five was Freddie Highmore's acting at the police station when he was brought in for Cody's father. Every second he was on screen was golden from the shots to the taking his DNA, just the look on his face to um, talking to Romero. That scene where he and Romero are talking when Norma's just waiting impatiently outside. Yeah. It's just some piece of acting that you don't see very often. It was amazing. Every detail of his face and his voice and what he did with his hands, it just, that whole scene, Freddie Highmore at the police station, that's my number five. That was amazing. It was. He, that was fantastic. He, yeah, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. He didn't overdo it. He didn't underdo it. He did it. He did it. And he just, just right. just, it, it was another one of those moments. You know, I've never been in that situation, but it seemed so realistic the way you would feel and how scared you'd be. And just, it really, really brought that emotion right right there yep nope i agree that's a good one so my number five is nick ford you knew he had to be on yep, list. i did <laughs> in fact when i was making my list i was wondering where nick ford was going to be on your list <laughs> <laughs> well i'm doing it like the season one wrap up my top four could really be in any order right but my number one is my number one um so I'm just putting Nick Ford, get him out of the way, because everyone knows how much I liked him. Um, I I just thought he was a good a good character to introduce. Who, I mean, I I agree with Harold. He was he was there to bring certain storylines from plot A to plot B. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But. I just, I, I think it's mostly like the actor that they chose that I liked so much about Nick Ford. I just really, really, really liked that guy. And I I just kind of liked how Nick was involved with Norma, plus he was involved with Dylan. I just kind of like how he kind of brought the two, two main plots of the whole story how he was like the middleman. I don't know how he like brought them together, you know? Yeah, no, that's very fair. And because a lot of times know, you didn't know if he was a good idea or a bad idea. <laughs> right. Right. And you know how I mentioned when we did the episode, um, when he, he and Norma meet at that party, you know, when they're getting their cars from the valet, and how he just had like a stomach ache, and and then as the next couple episodes come came on, I was like, well, maybe maybe I was jumping the gun, but you know, but then he ends up like kidnapping Norman, so I'm like, <laughs> I was right, right, <laughs> it was bad, <laughs> you know, but I just 
I don't know. I just really liked his character and I thought he was a great part of the season two story. Yeah, so. that's that's very fair. Yep. So all right. My number four and I won't even say one or fourth two through four two through five are interchangeable. I think one through five are interchangeable. Anyway. So Okay. My number four is the reveal of how Norman got out of the lie detector test. I had no idea how it was going to happen. I was really anxious. I knew he would. And I'm surprised it didn't occur to me how it actually ended up happening. But that reveal just knocked my socks off. Yep. Norma appearing to him and having a conversation with her. And her just verifying his acting. Just the creepily way she confessed to killing and knowing that this is really the start of the killer in Norman is Norma. You know, Norma, yep. the split person, just the split personality aspect of it. And to see it really fleshed out to where he has a conversation with it. Yeah. Was amazing. It was. It was. Because. That was just a great moment. Yeah. Because we. It was, because we did know he's going to pass the lie detector, but how, you know? Yeah. How especially, in the heck is this going to go down? What's, you know? Well, especially in the episode before when we meet the lie detector guy and find out how good he is at, yeah. at doing those tests. You know, it's like, how is he ever going to get past this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And the way to do it is to become someone else. Therefore, you're not lying. <laughs> yeah, he was not yeah. lying. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah, that was great. Uh, my number four, I'm just going to put it out there because you've already done it as your number five, was the scene between Romero and Norman in the interrogation room. Uh. I just kind of, I mean, I agree with you. Freddie was amazing through that entire police station whole bit, but that that scene between him and Romero was fantastic. I loved both of them in it. I loved how Romero just kind of offered him hot chocolate and just, I, I don't know, just felt a, a little Papa Bear came out in Romero, it seems yeah. like, you know, it just, yeah. you know, he kind of went from being the, the hard edge you know, the hard-edged badass to, you finally saw him kind of have a little bit of care or empathy, you know, I don't know. Oh, it, absolutely, and I think a lot of it is, honestly, the respect he has for Norma, and he's got some sort of feelings for her. I don't think it's love at this point, but he cares for her, I think. I think he really, well, there's I, something there. I would say it's probably mostly respect because mm -hmm. just in the short time they've been in White Pine Bay, look at what Norma has had to deal with, with, you know, Keith Summers and Shelby and, and how she's still standing on her two feet. She's still running her motel. You know, a lot of people just let things like that break them. Mm -hmm. 
and they just give up or, you know, they have a hard time moving on and Norma just kind of brushes it off and, and probably as a cop, you have to do that all the time. You probably see a lot of things that no one should see, you know? Yeah. And so he probably sees that in her, you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's just something. He's always a mystery, this guy. But he is. I love him. There's something. So the way whatever's going on in his mind about her is a mystery also. It is. It is. But I think that had something to do with the way he was treating Norman. Right. And, you know, later when they both walk in on her hugging who's it, and they both kind of... Oh, George, yeah. George. And they both kind of watch it like, hmm, don't like this very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I still kind of took that as, I don't know, I think maybe Romero knows something about George, maybe. Uh, you know. Maybe. I, it's probably just my brain, like, not wanting to ship him. <laughs> yeah, and it's not actually a shipping feeling. It's more uh, maybe just his first thought of just a possible jealousy there. But right. sometimes you can be jealous and not have feelings for someone, but you can still not really like seeing them with someone else. <laughs> right, that's true. Sometimes jealousy is what makes you realize you like somebody. True, and I felt there's a part of me that feels like, that might have happened there. That's, yeah. And that's it, I it. think it happened again when he saw her in the window and was like, I don't want people seeing this. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, everyone knows I don't ship them hard, but there's something. There's an opening there that. There's an opening. And if they do it right, fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Um, well, my number three was Norma's welcome to the world speech. Welcome to the world lady speech. I just cannot get over that. I could never get enough of that speech. I, <laughs> I knew that was going to be on your topic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was one of the most fantastic things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it really was great. It, it was just, yeah, I do love how she starts with <laughs> calling the councilman a dick and then she's like well while I'm at it well I've got the microphone <laughs> ladies <laughs> you know and she's been through so much in less than a year and oh, her whole life really and she had to sit there and listen to these ladies bitch about crime and punishment right and well, how they don't want their children to be reading such things and she's just like oh you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> well, she's sitting there with all of her papers. She's wanting to stop something that has to do with her livelihood. Right. Something that actually is important. <laughs> <laughs> Not biddies talking about a book where someone kills a couple of ladies with a hammer and then hires prostitutes. You know, come on. Right. And it... You know. it Spoiler probably... alert if you haven't read Crime <laughs> Right. <laughs> But it's prob it probably is I probably love it so much given my real 
absolute intolerance for censorship. You know, censoring these kinds of books. Yes. To school which... children. That, I have very strong feelings about censorship. <laughs> right. And it happens a lot here in Utah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I worked for the librarian in our school. And she had this bookshelf under the library in high school that had, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It had all of these books that routinely get banned and she keeps them there. And at the beginning of the year, she puts them all back up and she just waits for them to get for angry parents (laughs) to get banned again. Then she'll put them away. But I just love that. And that just had an impact on me that I just love that that little librarian in Springville, Utah does that. That's (laughs) for you. Mrs. Yes. Uh, Kaufman? What was her name? Yeah, Mrs. The high school librarian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Kaufman when I was there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I was I was her, her TA and I that just had an impact on me. That's that's great. Yeah. Yeah, we get I, I know all states do, but Utah. Yeah, and I don't think it's as bad as the South where they kind of like Harry Potter's evil. We don't ban Harry Potter. I've never heard of that in the Utah schools. No, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but I have heard of some that I'm just like, are you serious? And you know, one lady in our neighborhood that I really respect that I never would have thought was one, is one of the worst. Some people are very weird about book censorship and they're people I don't always expect. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get I'll tell you this and take it out, but it was Mrs. Oh, really? She was so cool. But yeah, she was like one of the worst for Mrs. Kaufman. How weird. Because yeah, she seemed very open-minded. And... Uh-huh. Huh. Interesting. Okay, no, I anyway. don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> See? Instant hate. It happens. Instant. <laughs> who I haven't seen since I was like 17 or 18. <laughs> you you got to get on my good side. <laughs> Better make up for that. Better make up for that. <laughs> okay, so I'm on my number three. Yeah. Um, I am going with Dylan. And I know he was on my list last year, or last season, but just the introduction of Dylan was what I liked and how they gave Norman Bates a brother. But this time, it's just his whole arc this season, I thought was fantastic. You know, and I feel bad because, spoiler alert, Dylan is blaringly missing from my list. Oh, good. Because I almost didn't, because I was like, I had him on my last top five, and I, but... Well, he... I've got something on my top five that was okay. on last year, and it's just going to happen. Because <laughs> We like just... the show, and we like certain aspects of it, people. <laughs> <laughs> Get over it. (laughs) Deal with it. (laughs) I just really thought he had a great season. I loved the reveal of Caleb being his father. And the way he handled it and how the writers had him handle it. You know, he kept his distance because he just didn't want to be around his mom and brother. But then when they really needed him, he was there. You know, and you know, I couldn't agree more with you. And my perception midway into the season was that he was going to go hardcore off the rails. And I didn't yep. want to see that. I'm like, this really upsets me. And we, you know, we discussed it after Caleb. It was like, yep. Dylan is the most 
normal, like, two feet on the ground kind of guy in this family, and they need him, and we need this character, and we need his solidity. And so I was so upset, knowing, thinking, expecting him to really fly off the rails. But, you know, we should have trusted in the character. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah. He needed a few minutes and he certainly reacted, but I couldn't say he overreacted. I mean, that <laughs> No. What no, he learned I, about himself was just the worst. Yep. But he handled it well. He you know, like I said, he appropriately took, you know, stepped away, moved out, you know, which you don't blame him at all. Right. But then he's the one that found Norman in the box and then just that last episode, the finale, just he and Norma, their little oh, talk man. when she got him the ticket to Montreal and he's like, you, you got one for me too. And they just hugged and, you know, and then he shows up for the lie detector when he walks in the room and Norma's having his breakfast before they leave, you know, just Dylan is great. I just love yeah. him. <laughs> and even before all that, in the middle of the episode, he kept his head with the drug wars. I mean, I guess yeah, he knew exactly. what was going on, but he right. did. He saved Norman's and Bradley's butt too earlier in the season. He did. He saved. Yeah, he stepped in, took over for Norman to help Bradley get out of there. And I, he just he kept his head and he tried to keep Zane on track and he kept his morals about it all. Yep. Yeah, even dealing with Zane, he was always so cool-headed when Zane would be like, what would you do? And he's like, I would just focus on our product and just make the best weed we can. Let's just not kill anyone else, you know. And, and Yeah, and he, he stood up to him and didn't go on the shootout. He didn't go in on the shootout, that's right, I forgot about that. So, yeah, he's just, he's a good guy. It's awesome. Yeah, I just really, I, I, he's just so needed in this crazy, crazy-ass family, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like the grounded one, and I I can't wait to see what he does, what they're going to do with him next season. I can't wait. Yep. You know, it'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see if he does become like the reluctant leader, like Romero wants him to, and I don't know. It's just going to be, I wonder if Caleb's going to come back. I just know how he's going to deal with that. I don't know. And so. what, you know, this isn't something to look forward to, but... What happens to him? Yeah, that's going to be interesting, too. That's... I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Yeah. So, all right. So, what's your yeah. number two? Well, I'm glad you included that, because I did I'm not. glad I am, too, because, like, I, I almost didn't. So. My number two is... What having a community play brought to... <laughs> This is something I had to, like, combine a few things, but (laughs) what having the uh, South Pacific did for the show, namely, my main focus would be Mr. Sandman. I (laughs) could watch Freddie Highmore sing that all day. (laughs) That was so cute. He was so reluctant to do it, and then he (laughs) so into it. (laughs) He was just in his little wheelhouse. Yep. (laughs) And and then of course Norma's audition; those were the two, you know, the two main focuses of it. But mm-hmm. it was great. It was a great little plot point. It brought Christine in. It brought Cody in, in pretty clever ways. Oh yeah, yeah. 
that's a good one. I didn't think of that. Anyway, I, yeah, the Mr. Sandman song, sure. It is one of my disappointments, though, of the that we that we just didn't get a glimpse of like Nora missing, and I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair or something. <laughs> I will admit, I would have, and I don't see how they could have done it. But having those two star and being able to see them <laughs> singing South Pacific stuff, <laughs> wash my, that man right out of my hair for sure. <laughs> Seeing them play in the play would have been. A dream come true. Because you, you know that Norma would have totally overacted and just been horrible. <laughs> I know, it would have <laughs> like, been so great. Like the musical numbers would have been great, but then the rest <laughs> she would have been terrible. <laughs> and oh, we were robbed of seeing that. We were, we were robbed, but oh well. It, yeah. The show had other things to do. Yep, just a slight disappointment. Yep. Um, so... My number two is the writing of this season and just the way they did their reveals, the way they took, you know, let's say the two main plot lines, like the Bates family and what's going on with them, and then the drug camp stuff and how they kind of intertwined them and had characters like Nick Ford being part of both of them. I just thought they did it so great and it wasn't awkward. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, the you writing know, just, deserves The writing was just so good because I like how we got a lot of different little reveals and surprising things. You know, we find out Caleb is Dylan's father, you know, the way that they had, Dylan kill Nick Ford. Just I don't know, just all these little even the way that they handled the Bradley thing, they didn't they didn't like spread that out over a few episodes. They just boom boom, you know. Mm-hmm. I just really appreciate that. I like good tight writing. And I thought they these guys, Carlton and, and Carrie, just do such a great job at at just wrapping things up when they need to be wrapped up revealing when they need to reveal but then keeping a lot of mysteries like i trust them to bring the money back and eric back i really i really trust them that they're going to do that i do too i am more on the line that they're going to be genius rather than sloppy i really Mm -hmm. do and i just i like the way how they have like like the drug stuff and like the two main plots a lot of times in shows there's like that story and that story and there's hardly ever crossover. There's like these people are doing this and these people are doing this, you know? Yeah. But here, you know, Dylan's part of both. I don't know. I just, Romero's part of both. I, I just like the way they do it. They do it just in a very like smooth. It's, it's smooth. It's not choppy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. So, Oh yeah. The writing was amazing. It deserves an Emmy this year. I really, I'm going to build myself up to hoping for the Emmys this year because I've got Mad Men and Bates Motel, which if John Hamm and, you know, because he's been robbed every year, but robbed's a bad way to say it, but he's never been able to win, we'll say. (laughs) Because of that Brian Cranston. That Brian Cranston (laughs) jerk. Damn him for being so good. (laughs) They should just call it the Brian Cranston Award. 
Right. Yeah, they should have had a separate. Him <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, if John Ham and Vera Farmiga walk away with the Emmys. Oh wow, that would be great. That would be so amazing. And the writing should, I think, well, the writing amendments will get too. <laughs> that was a toss up. <laughs> but yeah, the writing's amazing. It really is. I just, because you know, I Lost is the only Carlton Q show that I know of that I've watched. And, you know, sometimes it just, certain storylines just seemed so removed from the main stuff that was going on. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's and almost like, it's like, why was that even in there? Or that should just be a spinoff show or, you know. And it went nowhere. And it wasted stuff time. was dropped. So much was dropped. Yeah. Yeah. So this show is just so tight and yeah. everything makes sense and everything flows. And It's like he took his inner creativity and learned a lot through Lost and right. the fans' reactions <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. learned something and tightened it up. Well, you know, you learn from your mistakes. I'm not saying Lost was a mistake. I, oh, I love will, Lost. I love Lost, and I'm going to rewatch that show one day, and I'll probably thoroughly enjoy it, because mm-hmm. it'll be my second watch, and I already know, so I can just enjoy it, you know? Right. And, but I just, I, I just think he's just doing such a great job with, with this show. So, yay on the writing. <laughs> yay. All right. <clears throat> my number one is extremely similar to my number one last year. It's just because I love it so much. My number one is every second Romero and Norma are on screen together. (laughs) With a special shout out to Norma's inner dialogue that just leaks out of her whenever he's around. (laughs) And the way that is delivered. Oh, I love that so much. Yep. (laughs) The laundry... Bringing oh. that back in his face. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> After he had, like, She's told like, her never to do it again <laughs> and had not wanted her to do it. I don't... <laughs> and then she throws it back. <laughs> At the police station, she's like, don't patronize me. I've done your laundry. <laughs> that is, that is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just it when it comes to enjoyable moments watching Bates Motel and the A V Club, Todd Vanderwolf has a very good point that the show is at its best when Norma and Norman are on screen together. Right. And everything about all that is where the show's at its best. But for pure unadulterated amusement and pleasure for me, I gotta go with Norma and Romero. Oh, I agree. Totally agree. Yep. They're they're great together. And I'm really hoping that like season three doesn't jump too far in time and that yeah. Romero's still at the Bates Motel. Yes, I want his house to be rebuilt very slowly. Yes, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I want there to be troubles with the uh the insurance check and, yep, and the <laughs> getting building, all that worked out. <laughs> building permits and then yes. the concrete guys go on strike. And, yes, and it's a small town. and <laughs> I know. My husband's in construction. What else can go wrong? Um, the inspectors, the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yep. All of it, yes. Yep, no, I, yeah, Norman and, or Norma and Romero, they are, I do love their scenes together, absolutely. The laundry stuff, I'd forgotten about that. That was, mm-hmm. now I want to watch season two again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number one is Norman Bates. I thought his character this season was fantastic. I loved everything that happened to Norman. And I thought Freddie Highmore just did such a great job. I love that he normed out on Caleb. Yeah, that was so surprising to see that happen so early on. Yep. I like that he had a little bit of a love interest with Cody. Uh I liked that he finds out at the end that when he blacks out, he kills people. And I like his reaction to that, how he just wanted to go kill himself because he's such a good guy. He doesn't want to be that monster. I I just thought I I just really liked what they did with his character. I liked he grew a lot this season. He did. He had a lot. He not had just a, happened to him, but a lot of inner stuff going on too. I yeah that not, made you just it you know you like we've said the Norman Bates in the movie you like and you mm-hmm. you kind of you pull for him a little bit in the movie. He kind of, there's something protagonist about him. There is, there is. I mean, we talked about it, I think, in our very first podcast that we did, that he seems like the very first... Anti-hero, yeah. Anti-hero that you pull for, like Dexter, you know? Uh-huh. Because you do, and I, I just like how much happened to him this season. I like how he was obsessed with... I like how it started that he was still obsessed with Bradley and Miss Watson. I I don't know. I just, I thought they did such a great job with his character because we want to see the crazy Norman here and there and they're not dragging it out. He's, he's, He's already become her, you know? So that happened at the beginning of season two, you know? Yeah. No, that's a good point. And yeah, he, He's made the iconic Norman Bates into something so much more. Right. And now he's becoming more and more that iconic Norman Bates. So he's going to become even more familiar with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, it's a good point. I love how they're serving the storyline. I mean, this could be terrible and it, you know, it could be awful and it could make us hate it. Right. Because we love Psycho so much. Right. They're serving it so well. They're doing world. it so well. And I like... But they're doing it on their own, too. They're they are. They're not relying too much on the movie at all. Right, right. And I like how they're giving Norman some normal teenage stuff. He went to the swimming hole with his girlfriend and right. met up with his other friends and had a good time, you know, jumping in the water and... You know, he went and has and, a girl he thinks of as a sister that likes him, you know, and right. dealing with that. Total normal teenage 
stuff because if he was crazy all the time, I don't think we'd like him. I think we like these little Norman having a normal life. Yeah. Because then you just never know when is the crazy coming out? What's going to make him snap? Right. And I, I just like how they do that. I like that he joined the community theater tech team, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, that's just what, I don't know. It's just normal stuff. And I like how he's getting that infused with crazy so i don't know and it's not again it's just being done so smoothly his his trances make sense you know it's not things happen that put him in that state of mind like the whole caleb thing you know i just i don't know i i just love norman bates i love him Last year, my or last oh, yeah. season, my number one was Norma, but I've decided she's just in my pantheon because <laughs> it's just a given that she's right. always going to be the best. So right. I have to pick five other things because, or else I would have put her as number one again. But I thought, nope, can't do it. So it's Norman. And next year, I might have to put Romero and Norma in my pantheon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to put Dylan in mine. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, that's my number one. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to run through my honorable mentions. Okay. Just as kind of bullet points. Um, Norman using the term sophisticated animals. I got a lot of mileage out of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That makes me giggle every time I it. <laughs> Norman's to-do list. Oh, yes. That, Apple pie. Yeah, that was so... Catalog and organized taxidermy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's just my animal mention. His to do list. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, Norman yelling mother. <laughs> yep. Plunging into the court. And I am coupling that with Norman going off on Cody and then and comforting Emma. That little scene was. That was a great scene. A great scene. Just sweet and scary. Just said it was such a such a big thing for his character to see the scary and the sweet so clear and so on opposite ends right and just happening at the same time right juxtaposed with one another it was it was a sight and it was disturbing and it was it was just a good scene yeah um okay then the scene of norma buying Dylan the ticket, which has already been mentioned, and his reaction to it. So I did have Dylan there somewhere, I guess. There you go. That was just too sweet. Um, Drunk Emma, sans the puke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I really liked Drunk Emma. (laughs) And uh, Norma's temper and the results that ensue (laughs) when she loses it. (laughs) Yes. Such as Running. Major overreactions. Yes. But lots of running towards cars and things. <laughs> <laughs> it's all driven by her temper. And yep. it's amazing. Uh, Sheriff Romero moving into the base motel. That was genius. Yep. Okay. Those are my... Those are my honorables. My honorables are... Um, I liked how they teased Norma getting a chance at kind of a normal life, like a, a 
somewhat normal boyfriend who's got a sister that really likes her and how she just ruined all that. Uh, yep. <laughs> and that's all her fault, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got um, Romero moving into the Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. And the final episode as a whole is a contender for me. That mm-hmm. almost went on my top five. Instead, I switched it to the writing as a whole. Because I just thought that final episode was one of the best episodes of TV I've seen. You're right. And when I was, before I'd written anything down, I was going to, a few of my top fives were going to be just actual episodes. And that was one of them. But yeah, I forgot all that when I started writing things down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those are my contenders. All that you mentioned are good ones, too. Oh, and another one. I just found it because my notes are kind of sloppy. Um, Batman Romero. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I love it. I love how he just all of a sudden showed up and beat the crap out of Zane that one time. <laughs> and then in the finale, when he just shows up with that huge shotgun and just shoots him, I just, he just comes out of nowhere both times and just, bah, you know. Yep. I love and it. the whole rescue Norma scene was total Batman Romero. It was. It was great. Yep. So, yep. Dylan had his part, but <laughs> he was the Robin to the Batman. He was the, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> he was the boy wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So, but yeah, all in all, just a great they did such a great job with season two. They did. I couldn't be more pleased. I just was wondering, and everyone knows I was, I was on board with season one, but there was a foot out of the park there. (laughs) There was a, it was with a little trepidation. I was on board with season one. I stated that I think I liked the idea of the show more than the show, but right. You did say that season two changed all that. Yep. Yep. Season two, just you, it, it see, it seems like I thought less about the movie psycho in season two and just became more involved with this TV show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. They just, it's becoming its own separate thing from the movie. Kind of like Walking Dead and the Walking Dead comic book, you know, like the TV show and the comic are. I don't know much about that, but, you know, there's little similarities, but the TV show has really just become its own, its own entity. And Bates Motel seems to kind of be doing that, but not as much, but it still is. I mean, I, I just didn't, I didn't think about the movie as much watching this season as I did season one. Yeah, so much so that. When we got to the end and we started really putting Norma in the place of actual Norma Bates in the movie, we were shocked. Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, that is her, you know. And we were disturbed and we – it was a real crazy realization there because we really did let that go. And I just hope they keep this momentum going and that season three is going to be even better, you know. Yeah, I'm excited. I know, I'm really excited. Um, And I did, I wrote down just a couple disappointments, but we've already kind of 
mentioned them, but my disappointments were not seeing Norma saying, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. Because <laughs> 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 I think she would have done such a great job. <laughs> I would have liked to see that. And no explanation about the money yet and who is Eric. Yeah. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so. I was going to write down a few. You know, there were top fives and then there were worst. And Zane was on my list of worsts. Ugh. I think, and yeah. his sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't like those Morgans. <laughs> <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> I um, didn't like the Emma not being included more and having little to do. And I didn't like how Cupcake Boy just vanished without a thought. Yeah. I don't feel like he's out of the picture. No, I think he'll come back. I mean, I don't know. He did say when they're doing that walk on the beach at the very beginning of their little fling that he was only there for a couple weeks. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe he was gone. Maybe that was just a little summer loving. (laughs) Which is okay, I guess. If I'm to be honest, there's some disappointment with the Bradley storyline. Oh, yeah, you did expect her to come back at the. I thought she was going to come back. It just seemed to, I don't know, just having everybody buy that she killed herself just seemed kind of cheap and didn't get the weight I think it would have deserved. I don't know. Well, maybe that'll be part of season three. It could be. There's something there that disappoints me. I can't quite put my finger on it. Well, I think she needs to be brought to justice. Yes. They better do something with her. That's true. She she caused a lot of problems and deaths. So She did. And, you know, I've got lots to say about what I want season three to do, but I think we should save all that for... A future? Yeah, a future when we get close to season three and start getting excited about it starting again. Yeah, no, that's that works for me, and... If if you guys want to still send in your top fives, you know, go for it. We'll we'll still read them on future episodes. So, yep. especially if you think Em and I really missed something that was right, on, we know. like to know what we missed. <laughs> we do. We we take it. And um, uh, if there's, you know, this is will and always has and always will be at its heart, a Bates Motel podcast. So if you ever want to call, if you discover this podcast in months from now and you want to discuss, we will always be open to discussing Bates Motel on a, what we've been watching or something. We'll definitely read your email and we will discuss it anytime because we like this show and we've got a long time. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. If If you're watching this in the future and you have things to say, please feel free to write in and we will drop everything and talk about it. (laughs) Yep, totally. Because, yeah, like Em said, this is first and foremost a Bates Motel podcast. We're just going to do some little filler stuff while we wait for season three rather than just becoming silent for a few months. A lot of months. We'd be gone a long time. And I know podcasts do do that, but we're having fun. Yeah. And we're going to watch Buffy. That's right. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway. All right. So should we move on to the contest? Let's do the contest. All right. 
So, Wish we had some snappy music to go. I know, like some game show music. <laughs> <laughs> like that 1970s game show music. <laughs> That'd be great. So, but everyone who has sent in a comment card, you have an entry for each comment card you've sent in. Um, everyone but Mikey, who did an iTunes review, has <laughs> has an entry. Um, everyone who has joined the Facebook group has an entry, and that includes our newest one, Julie, Julia, that joined just a week or so ago. You're in. And then anyone who follows us on Twitter, you have an entry. So, like Harold, you've got like 18 entries or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you got one for each comic card. You joined Twitter. You gave us an iTunes review, and you're on the Facebook group. So you got one for each of those. So that's how it works. Right. So like Carrie, you've got like eight or nine. You know, that's that's how it works. All right. I put in. I've got a little random number generator right here, and I put in between one and however entries we got, and I'm going to pull out the first number. Dun, 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 dun. 29. 29 is Carrie. Carrie, congratulations. Yep, and we'll... Oh, we didn't decide what we were drawing for. The towel and soap set or the nightlight? Let's do towel and soap set, then nightlight, then towel and soap set, then nightlight. How's that? Okay, sounds good. So, Carrie, you get some Bates, a Bates Motel towel and some soaps. And you can only win once. Right. So, we forgot to mention that. Okay, so Carrie, towels. Okay, what's the next one? Um, next one is number 39. Kim. 39 is Kim. Is that a voicemail? Or, I'm sorry. Uh... Uh, Kim sent us a comment card. Cool. Yeah, she's on the comment card. She might also be an iTunes review. I can't remember. But I know we got a comment card from her. So, Kim, congratulations. You get a nightlight. Okay. Next one. Oh, it was close to it. 37. Is that Carrie again? Mm. Oh, no, that's Carl. 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 <laughs> you get <laughs> We haven't heard from him since then. Maybe we offended him. Sorry, Carl. We won't do it anymore. <laughs> but you get a towel and soap set as well. Well, I'm glad Carl won because he did some art for us and we were very pleased with it. Yes, Carl. We gave you an entry for the comment card and an entry for the art and I think you follow us on Twitter as well so you right. had yeah so you had three chances and you got one that's awesome all, all right. right and the final one is four number four I hope that's Harold it's Harold oh good <laughs> <laughs> after all the work he put in he deserves one <laughs> all right Harold you get a nightlight 
Right. Congratulations, everybody. Um, you know, just when you hear this, send us a uh, your address, and <laughs> we'll get those shipped out to you. Yeah, send us your address to yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. And as soon as we get your address, we will send you your prize. And don't worry about giving us your address. We're not going to stalk you. or <laughs> <laughs> We already have the people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be like in a box. So I, you... Like a P.O. box isn't going to work. Unless your post office uh, will save it for you or something. Save it for you. Right. So. Um, and I would just like to give a sincere thank you for everybody that participates. We could not love just hearing from you guys more and joining the Facebook group. All of that. We appreciate it so much we started this podcast off and if you've listened to the first you know there was a time where we wondered if anyone would ever listen to this well we knew people were listening but if they'd ever comment and you know as two uncommenters and right. un- people that don't participate much in our own pod into podcasts we listen to just anyway it's been really fun and it's been really rewarding and it has been it has been and we encourage more of it, you know, join the Facebook group because that there's a lot of activity on that. We, we have some good times. Things get posted on there that you probably wouldn't see anywhere else. Like Emily just posted a link to a blog post that has some pictures and stuff from a story that we tell on the latest episode. Right. Fun to see. And that's really the only place that you can see it. Yeah, I suppose I could put links in the show notes, but I just don't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, we're going to have some fun this summer. We're going to do some more of what we've been watching. We're going to watch the Psycho sequels. We're going to do the Buffy watch. So we've got we've got things planned. Yeah, I'm excited for the Psycho sequels. That's going to be fun. Do you know who Kim is? Kim's the one that came up with the idea to do the top ten. Like movies and TV shows. We haven't heard from her again, so hopefully she's just not writing in. So hope you hear this, Kim. Yep. (laughs) And you can get your prize. If not, if we don't hear from you in a few months. We'll draw another name. Yeah. And I think we should do a contest again. This was fun. Yeah, no, let's definitely do another contest. Um... We can always give away, you know, iTunes gift cards or... Right, right. Or, you know, if there's more Bates Motel... Right, if Hot Topic comes out with more Bates Motel stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll keep an eye out or just get more of the same or something, you know? I don't know. Sure. So, so yeah. So, you can join us on Facebook. You can join us on... Follow us on Twitter. We are Yes Mother Cast. Uh, yes. Yes, that's on Twitter. And our email is yes, yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. All right. Uh, all Next right. time you hear from us will probably be uh, Buffy. It'll probably be a Buffy, yes. Okay. So, 
So, yep. So until next time, chill your own ass. Yep. <laughs> See you later. Oh, and I thought I would give my beloved Man Men a proper musical send-off, Buffy style. And my Buffy peeps know what I'm talking about. Sniff, sniff. Of all the things I believed in I just want to get it over with Tears form behind my eyes But I do not cry Counting the days that pass me by I've been searching deep down in my soul Words that I'm hearing are starting to get old It feels like I'm starting all over again The last three years were just pretend And I said goodbye to Without you Closing my eyes And you'll chase my thoughts away To a place where I am blinded by the light But it's not right
So, <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> I just suddenly felt a frog. So I'm like, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> All right. So, hello and welcome to this week's edition. <laughs> Is that Rob? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's not bad, but oh man, it almost sounds like a dentist drill. I was going to say that. It's the first time I've, I mean, I hear drilling quite a bit, and this tile yep. drilling is the first time I just think I get him getting dentist flashbacks. Yep. It's not my favorite. Can you hold on a minute? Okay, sorry. That's okay. Rob walked in, and then he started. No, oh, now he's doing it again. He's dancing. <laughs> To distract me. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> it's happening now. Too bad we're not on single Skype. <laughs> okay. While we're doing our talk to the hat, or what? What does Rob call our podcast? You said a hatful. <laughs> yeah, you said a hatful. <laughs> talk, talk to the hat. <laughs> What the fifth is that? Maybe instead of chill your own ass, we are, our new one should be, you're a dick. <laughs> That's not nice. I know, can you imagine? So until next time, you're a dick. <laughs> we could just have Norma say it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is not very nice at all. <laughs> Ah! Uh -huh. 